You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. What's going on, everybody? It's Colin with... Hey, guys. It's Elliot. And this is episode 51. And we are interviewing the one and only Aaron Church today. What's going on, Aaron? <laughs> hey, guys. How you doing? Well, uh, we're, we're doing pretty good. Um, we got some cool things going on and uh, definitely looking forward to talking to you here. So... Awesome. Um, so Aaron, why don't you give us a quick, uh, introduction of yourself here? Sure. Um, again, I'm Aaron church. I am, uh, a currently a triathlete. I'm 45 and I live in the Metro Washington DC area. Um, three kids, varying ages, all of them in some kind of athletic endeavor, yeah, uh, married kids? for my daughter's 18, my son is 15, and my uh, third is 10. Very cool. Been, uh, been married for 21 years, um, so tricked her into sticking with me this long. I think this one's going to work. Um, come from a, you know, uh, played a lot of different sports as a kid, but really latched on to uh, tennis at an early age and was doing as many tournaments as I, as I could and that my, my dad could, could take me to, um, and ended up, uh, playing tennis in college, but also when I was playing uh, basketball in junior high school, I wasn't the greatest. I did make the team, but, uh, I could outrun these guys in suicides and, uh, basketball coach said, Hey, you know, I think you may be in the wrong sport. Um, you may want to look at cross country and track. And so I did, I started to, to run cross country and track, um, in the eighth into the ninth grade and really ran cross country, uh, all four years in high school, uh, track was the same season as tennis. So I would just go to track meets and try to score points for the team. Uh, but yeah, that's a, a little bit about my, my, uh, my athletic uh, career, so to speak, in high school, I ended up uh, playing um, college tennis at James Madison University. And another uh, funny story on that one is, you know, I wasn't, um, I thought I was good. But when I went to uh, JMU and all of the recruiting that, that happened at that point, um, I found out what real tennis was like when we had folks from Australia, 
uh, Europe, et cetera. And so I was one of the uh, last seeds on the team. Um, and we would do workouts and another similar situation to high school, we were doing this run workout and my college tennis coach said, Aaron, um, you know, you just broke whatever record it was for whatever distance run. I think it was like a three or four mile run. He said, I think you may be in the wrong sport. And I'm like, wow, um, here we are, you know, (laughs) trying to play college tennis. And my coach has given me the, uh, not so subtle hint of, of, of trying to run. But anyway, that, that's a little bit about my, my background and where I came from, Colin. Yeah, cool. And uh, uh, did you grow up in, in Virginia? Yeah, I grew up in uh, a town called Roanoke, Virginia. So it's the southwest air, uh, corner of, of Virginia and then went to uh, JMU, which is right. basically central part of the state, central west part of the state. Um, so yeah, outside of living in Spain for a little bit of time during college studying, I've uh, been in Virginia my entire life. Awesome. And what do you do for work? I am an account manager at Cisco Systems. So almost 15 years now, I, I sell into data center accounts, satellite communications, cable TV providers, that type of uh, of account. So yeah. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit more as you're Life has changed here a little bit uh, in COVID times, huh? Right. Big time. Nice. And also, I think it's worth, why don't you talk a little bit about your oldest daughter here? Yeah, so my my oldest daughter, she um, is 18, so she's going to be graduating high school here in another month or two. Definitely crazy times. Um, She has been running uh, track and cross country mainly cross country, we, we would try to peel her back a little bit from the track season to start focusing on triathlon. Well, she started um, racing, you know, what they call in a, in a triathlon world, uh, youth elite and junior elite. And it doesn't, you know, it's it, any, anyone, if you're one of the first 75, essentially can sign up for a race, uh, but they do call it youth elite mm-hmm. and junior elite. I want to make sure that I don't, you know, act like an, uh, those, those races are elitist because anyone can, uh, can attend them. Um, and I think they've actually changed some of the nomenclature for the youth in order to encourage participation, which I think is huge. So my daughter started racing, uh, these youth and junior races when she was, I think 12, or 13 years old, I think USAT 13. So, uh, we would travel around. There's only maybe five or six five races in the United States, maybe six. And basically the top 18 of those uh, qualify for the national championship, um, which is normally held in, in Ohio. I think before she joined, uh, they were doing them in San Diego. But anyway, my daughter's been racing for a long period of time and doing cross country. And and as you know, COVID has happened over the last year uh, plus uh, was when we were you know, knee deep and trying to find her a home for college sports. And she uh, was fortunate enough to sign with uh, East Tennessee State, uh, which is fairly close to us here in Northern Virginia, maybe six hour drive or so. Again, um, Division One triathlon for females is an emerging sport. I think there are five Division One schools, uh, and this, this was by far the closest. Uh, she was looking at a couple of other schools. Um, so we're thrilled that she she signed with them on the first national uh, signing day, which I think was first week of November or something like that. Um, so she's she's very stoked in this um, 
time where she hasn't really been in, in a school building for, you know, 12 to 13 months. Um, she also raced in uh, March. I think the first week of March, there are a couple of draft legal um, events like F1 series or the uh, EDR, the elite development race. And she raced there in Claremont a couple of days, was fortunate enough to, to, to snag a top two finish at the second day, which earns her, um, her, you know, basically a pro collegiate card. It's not like she's going to make any money doing it, but, uh, but she does have her elite collegiate license, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so I, I I wanted to open up that envelope because I'm frankly, I was jealous and still am, (laughs) but it's, it's all good. Um, so she's getting ready to start her series of races here uh, in Richmond. I think the first weekend or second weekend of May, and then we'll do uh, that. Uh, we'll do Des Moines, Iowa, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin, and then hopefully she's fortunate enough to qualify for nationals again. So, so yeah, that's my daughter Abby. So it's solid stuff. That's awesome. Looking forward to the next chapter. That's cool. And so, with I'm curious here. So this season coming up here right now, that's still going to be like considered high school, right? Not because obviously she doesn't start mm-hmm. school till September. But I'm wondering with the race season how that works. Um, she wouldn't be racing really collegiately till next, you know, next time at this year or this time next year. Right. Exactly. And yeah. I do think, yeah. although COVID really messed some things up, I think it's fall is their oh, okay. season oh, okay. um, for a while. I think this, this year they moved it to spring because everything got pushed back uh, yeah. for the collegiate sports. Um, and, and honestly, I don't think I should have kept better taps. I don't, I'm not even sure they have much of a season anyway for the year that's ahead of her. So yeah, fall will be prime time for her. So, cool. so yeah, this, this is her finishing her junior elite career um, and still getting all of the race experiences under, under her belt and go from there. Very cool. Well, we wish her the best of luck. That's awesome. So, all right, let's talk about you a little bit more here. So um, how long have you been doing tries? I started in uh, 2011, and so this is when my <laughs> come from a running background. So once I finally, you know, figured out that maybe I should be a runner after everybody told me that for many years, I started to run com- competitively. Um, but I started to do triathlons when when I got my kids into summer swim. So I got put them into summer swim. And I had swam a little bit. I really spent more time in the pool doing like deep water aqua running as a as maybe a Monday active recovery day or something like that. And I'd see the swimmers. I'm like, man, that should, that sounds like it'd be fun. I, I joined them for some workouts uh, over lunch uh, prior to starting triathlon, obviously. But my kids got involved and um, I thought, you know, hey, I'd like to swim. They're going to go swim. I want to go swim and kind of do tend to do things together. Uh, uh, for some reason or another, or at least I, I go overboard. So I'm at my buddy's place who I would travel around with and run. And I think this was, this was Thanksgiving of 2010. And he said, you know, maybe we should just sign up for an Ironman. I'm like, I haven't done, done a triathlon. I'm like, Oh, that sounds great because I've seen it on television and those guys can really, and girls can really rock it. Seems like it would be something right up my alley. So, um, I did do a race or two. Uh, prior to Ironman Louisville, but that was really what I would consider my first real 
um, attempt at it after getting a couple uh, race races under my belt. I, I don't, I, I, it sounds crazy, but I, I know a lot of people that have done that. I don't know if it's the allure of, of the Ironman. I don't know why. Maybe it's just a, it's that people like to struggle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's 2011. It really started with getting my kids swimming and I started to swim. I'm like, okay, let's, let's go. Well, you just have to ask Elliot. Elliot, what was your first distance of a triathlon? <laughs> 2009 Ironman. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I had no, unlike you, like you know, I didn't uh, have any kind of running background or anything. So yeah, I started like from scratch <laughs> everything, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. No, no it's, it's very, it's very interesting. Uh, I actually just completed my, uh, Level two USAT uh, coaching certification and, you know, came up again during that. And it's, it's pretty interesting how here in the States, you know, we're, we're all about Ironman, which, uh, you know, I'm cool with, but the reality is in, in most other, you know, you don't go to Ironman until you failed at short course racing, right. And you've gotten too slow, you know, so we have it kind of backwards, which, uh, um, you know, is interesting, but. Uh, right. I mean, if I had to start all over again, I mean, you see it with like in the pro fields, I mean, you start off short, get your speed, and then the older you get, you kind of transition to longer course. And yeah, <laughs> I think a lot I mean, of people like just that. start off. I think a lot of people just start off doing Ironman. They're just like always slow, and they never really get faster. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it, it's like that in other other sports too. I mean, when I started to run competitively, I don't know why, um, but I I gravitated towards the marathon distance and. Yeah to your guys's point, um, even in marathon, right. You'll get a lot of the top marathoners that were at 1.5 K 10 K and then they'll climb the distance for me. I don't know why I just, again, it's the same deal. I like to struggle and said, Hey, just pick a big goal. And I went for a marathon and then honed that marathon to a pretty, pretty fast time, but never really got to work on, on speed and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm reading, I'm reading your bio and you're uh, so it says you're a 2004 USA Olympic marathon qualifier. Yeah. Trials. Yeah. Nice. So, So I mean, you, you have plenty of speed in you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, my best marathon is 221, uh, 221.47. And man, at that point in time, they still had these friendly 222 qualifying (laughs) <laughs> um times now i think it's 218 or 220 but again uh, i don't know us, us old geezers say it's shoe technology and blah 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 certainly guys <laughs> are training a lot better than we did um back in the day but yeah i got, I got it by 13 seconds and at that point the number 13 became my favorite number um to think of everything that could have gone wrong in that given race that was 2003 uh grandma's marathon um, but what's funny about that is, yeah, it's, it's pretty good leg speed, but I remember, um, I did a little interview for a written, um, interview for runner's world. Um, and I think I got hooked up with, through, you know, through Brooks, who is who I was running for uh, at that point in time. And again, you know, two two twenty two at that point, I think I was like the 90th or a hundredth, um, qualifier. I know now there are hundreds of qualifiers for the men and even more for women. But back then there were, you know, 80 to a hundred qualifiers. Um, but someone asked, Hey, what was, what was one of your recent speed workouts? 
And I said, well, I did three one-mile repeats, and I ran a 4.58, a 4.59, and a five-minute. And then I go and run whatever it was, 5.24 pace, 5.24, 5.25 pace for 26 miles. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just stupid how, it, how, how my body has worked or how I did not train it to, to optimize it more for speed. I just was just set a gear and just hold on, baby. Yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly seems like you've shifted that mindset a little bit from what I've seen in your training, especially the last year here. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and, uh, uh, yeah. Um, Aaron, you, have you ever done any indoor training at all? <laughs> oh, rarely. No. So man, you know, you, uh, you know, Colin's joking cause we just raced together last night and that was fun. But yeah, I I have shifted my training lately. Um, over well, since since COVID hit, um, doing a lot of Zwift racing. Like everybody that's probably listening to this, gets involved and gets hooked on Zwift racing. Um, so yeah, those efforts have tended to be fast and furious, and really able to to grab another gear um, in both the bike racing, but also I did the duathlon series as well, which is awesome. You know, that's just a 35 minute non-drafting bike, fairly flat course, most for the most part. And then a, I think they give you 10 minutes for computer issues, right. To be able to get on your treadmill and, and run the duathlon leg. And that's 15 minutes, basically all out. So I would jerk around with Kyle and I, you know, I, I didn't even know my treadmill went beyond 10 or 12 miles per hour. And, um, not that I went much further than that. I think my best race, I went up to 12.3 or 12.4, um, 450 or so 452 per mile. And so, yeah, and I would have never thought about running that hard, um, if it wasn't for racing on Zwift. So I've dug it, man. I, I love doing it. Beast mode. So this guy, most of the winter, I think was racing hard Tuesday nights and then uh, doing, you know, just a bike race on Zwift and then doing the duathlon series the next day and, uh, <laughs> and doing well at all of them, which was uh, just mind numbing to me. Um, very, very impressive, man. And then, and then to boot, uh, doing 100 mile rides on the weekend, you know, with a group, but in what, three hours and 15 minutes or so? Yeah, like 3.30. It's Zwift miles. Everybody makes fun of it. Uh, you know, where are you going to ride 26, 27 miles an hour? But, you know, we, you know, the group, um, I've been doing, I think, maybe like eight or 10 straight weeks now. Uh, it's been a phenomenal group. And man, did I learn that I could ride. I mean, I could just ride all of these. I, I mean, Zwift has been an eye opener for me. Yeah, I'm 45 years old. I've been doing endurance sports like, I, like we've been talking about for 20, 30 years, basically. Um, all in since I started running probably five K's at, you know, seventh or eighth grade. Um, but I, I never really trained. Um, I, you know, I, I would hate riding long sometimes for Ironman. I, I would honestly ride in this. I recommend this for nobody. And there's no reason why, no wonder why I've been a roller coaster for, for performances, but sometimes I'd ride for two or three hours, uh, as a long ride. And um, go figure how I could bomb a, a bike segment of an Ironman. But eventually I'd get a couple under my belt and I'd be good. But started to join this 100-mile ride because I, I, I started to follow a lot of the top Swift racers. And, 
you know, we would become kind of internet friends, if you will. Uh, so we would see what, what each other's doing. And like, I saw all these guys that are just crushing it, you know, doing these longer efforts. And a lot of them in particular were doing this one ride on Saturday morning at eight or eight ten in the morning or something. So I joined those guys. I got a couple friends, even in real life that, that join, um, and yeah, it's three hours and 30 minutes to three hours and 40 minutes. But basically you're going, you know, uh, 3.7 to 4.1 watts uh, on average for three hours and 30 minutes. Obviously a lighter guy like me would average closer to the top, top end. But I went from struggling, um, not being able to get off the bike um, after the first one. Like, what the hell did I just do? And then... Last Saturday, I'm like, man, should I do a runoff? And I'm like, man, this is awesome. If I'm even thinking about doing a runoff of this, things are heading in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, very, very impressive. Yeah, I'm uh, tempted to uh, to attempt to jump in one of those. Uh, I'm going to use the uh, my kids have jujitsu at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> um, but I, I would love to jump on one and uh, definitely looks like I mean, but even we were talking last night before the race, like you think your FTP has gone up like 50 watts um, in this, yeah. uh, this stretch here, right? So, yeah, I do. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I, I use um, WKO to, to try to do, I don't like, I don't like testing. Um, and I, I, it's, I'm just being honest. I know that uh, I, I should probably like it and get good benchmark. Uh, two times a week, I'd say. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's why I'm like plugging these efforts into WKO and letting that bad boy do its magic. But yeah, I mean, you know, a solid 40, 40 Watts, um, on my FTP, but it wasn't just that, like, you know, I'm still trying to build that top end speed and, and, and to raise that ceiling in order to raise the FTP. But you know, the, the fact that I can ride, like, I think my top speaking of that little Saturday morning ride, um, you know, I think my, my top ride was for three and a half hours at 267 Watts for three and a half hours. And that's not racing. That's just a group ride. Uh, my FTP right now, you know, uh, right. Sorry. Hmm? And you weigh what? Uh, I weigh 138. Yeah. So 138, 265. That's, uh, that's a nice ratio. Yeah. And so I, I realized that it's not, it wasn't just how I was improving from an FTP perspective where I can start to really mix it up with some guys, basically mix it up, meaning I get drugged to the final straightaway and then I get blasted on the sprint and be the last person on the sprint. I'm still working on that, but that I could carry this high percentage for a long period of time. And to me, that was a, to me, that was my biggest eye opener because I would go into Ironman racing and just, you know, zone one, zone two, it, um, depending on if I had family there, you know, we, you've heard about my family or at least my daughter, my son's a competitive swimmer. So I normally go to races by myself because someone else has another event going on and, um, and my wife and they're, they're traveling to those events. And depending on whether or not I have family members, I know it sounds stupid, but that will dictate how hard I race because, um, you know, at Kona, I've gone by myself, um, three out of the four times I've been there and uh, have been by myself. And so my, my concern at that point, Hey man, make sure that you have, that you're not medical tenting it and that you've got enough wherewithal that you can ride your bike home <laughs> after, after the finish and you can take care of yourself. I know that sounds stupid, but it is what it is. It's my little reality. 
Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, okay. That was, that was something I did want to. So how many Ironmans do you have under your belt? Uh, 15. 15 completions and uh, two crazy crash mishaps that really, man, sent my mind sideways. But, uh, you know, the years go by and and the the memories are becoming uh, more faint, which is good. (laughs) Nice. So we got aspirations for Kona this year or what? I do. Uh, but I'll take it. I'll take an opportunity to go at any point in time. I mean, that's, that's, that's my goal. Um, I'm racing Montremblant. I hope that it happens. I really, really love that race. Um, I think it, it sets up well for me. Um, and I just, I love that, that the town and just everything about that race. Uh, so yeah, I'd, that'd be my only option because I'm not signing up for any other, you know, panic races or anything like that to try to get a qualifier. If it's in the cards, if they have the race and I can execute, then, then let's do it. Um, I will be racing Maryland. I do think Maryland's going to happen this year, which is I think two or three weeks after Tremblant. And then it would be like two or three weeks before Kona. Um, but that's just how, that's how the deferral game worked out for me. Um, you know, everybody's been deferred and deferred and deferred. And those are my selections. <laughs> right. So if you, if you qualify at Tremblant and you plan to go to Kona, you'll still do Maryland. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. YOLO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know, I I'll take I'm surprised it. Without answer. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Nice. Um, yeah, that's actually in, uh, so Aaron and I met, uh, briefly at Tremblant, uh, yep. what, 2019 right yeah yep uh, so, and you yeah, guys are teammates and we are teammates yeah that's actually are. Come up yet so uh aaron how long have you been on uh, team every man jack since 2015 so oh, actually wow. it's crazy man our time has flown has flown uh five to six years yeah cool cool um yeah it's fun uh and Aaron is uh quite the smack talker we got a little group on a uh, facebook <laughs> messenger that uh um <laughs> aaron keeps us entertained for sure with uh, some comments, uh pretty much daily uh what's going on and uh, and uh also i'll take this this opportunity to say that i think aaron potentially may have more triathlon gadgets than i do wow i, I, I that's, a, it that's a very tie, big that's a very bold statement tie, you know I don't know if we would know each other up well enough aaron but uh that is uh something that uh i i definitely have most of the little toys and always figure out a way to justify purchasing every little thing. And it's, yeah. So Aaron, I, I want to hear more about your, your little pain cave that you have on your basement. Collins is pretty ridiculous, but I, I've heard that yours is pretty, pretty sweet. It's dope. I, I think we got to say, I think he's so right. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like uh, blushing. If you guys can see me right now, um, so maybe that's a good thing, but no, I like everybody else, man. Um, one, one expansion, one purchase, you know, year after year. And again, um, I've had some, some years under my belt and I've got, uh, my kids are all swimmers and my, my last purchase for the pain cave or the pain patio will say, uh, was, uh, or is an endless pool. And, um, Man, I freaking love that thing. It's hard. Um, we'll see how it translates into into my performance um, yeah. 
on the swim. But yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, and I got a hydraulic treadmill. I was able to convince my wife. And this is a, it was kind of a COVID panic uh, situation, especially with my kids. We're going to go crazy. We, we literally had the van packed up one night to drive to Florida. This was in April. My son is an uber competitive swimmer, my 15 year old. Um, and he was going crazy. Everything, we were all still shell-shocked. And we had a whole car packed. My, for me and my, my two oldest kids, my daughter and my, my middle son, bike trainers, bikes, you name it. We were going to go down to Florida. I'd already coordinated with someone in West Palm Beach area so that I could get find outdoor pool access, blah, blah, blah. And then literally the morning, oh, we're going to leave at four o'clock in the morning, the night, night before, like, okay, let's shelve this. This is crazy. And this is crazy turned into, hey, I wonder if we could get the HOA to approve an endless pool. And it was like, uh, yeah, we got it. Because before we were like, no way, no way that they would ever approve something like that in the backyard, stringent HOA requirements. And then we got a yes. And we're like, oh, my goodness. Now we, that obstacle's gone. <laughs> and so anyway, long story short, we got into the queue, took forever for Endless. And they've had a lot of demand, obviously, with COVID. But that was the latest ad. Prior to that, you know, built out the, the gym. And, and I was, you know, people were laughing, man, how could you have this much stuff in your gym, whether it's Rogue uh, equipment, whether it's a Woodway treadmill, you know, the Vasa Erg bike trainers, my, my, for my daughter and I, Peloton for my wife, a sauna, um, you know, those, a rower, those kind of things. Um, but I, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, I would say my, my family gym, quote unquote, just for the family, we get probably five hours of use a day now of one per, at least one person being in there at one point in time. My son's in there lifting. My daughter's on her trainer. I'm, you know, racing with uh, with these goofballs all the time at night. Um, you know, so we get a, we get use out of it. But yeah, it's a little crazy. I think everybody has their vices. This one was an expensive one. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would say on record now, I don't, I don't regret any of it and I'm very thankful and fortunate that I've been able to do it. So yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as I always say, you know, especially with the drug and alcohol background, you know, there's a lot worse things we could spend our money on, you know, than, uh, trying to keep ourselves healthy. So no doubt, yep. man, that's cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and let's, let's go back to the Zwift racing a little bit here. I just want to kind of yep. exploit this a little bit of like how beneficial and like Aaron touched on it really well there um, a bit with how he's figured out how he can sustain higher percentages of FTP for longer because of all this work he's been putting in, but even for triathletes and I have some of my clients doing, doing Zwift races now, um, you know, and actually let's, let's go ahead and talk about last night's race. Um, we'll, we'll go ahead and get the results out quickly. Uh, it was my first race in a while and I'm still kind of getting my groove going, but I was, uh, I think 65th place or something like that out of about 75, I was way at the back and I got dropped by the first group in about five minutes. Um, but Aaron hung on and what, what, or what you ended up low twenties, I think. Yeah. Like 21. Right. Okay. Yeah. 21st. But, you know, even as triathletes, like, sure, you know, I always preach, you know, and when we're doing an Ironman, we want to try and be as consistent as possible with our power. But this is just such great training 
that you know it's it's it carries over extremely well for people to learn one to be able to respond to a surge and need to surge you know and it's just it's very entertaining you know that's kind of a side factor um keeps you really involved and and pushing and like you know even when i do interval training you know i cannot seem to push myself and get as high of a heart rate as i do when i race and um like so me as soon as i got dropped i kind of just turned it into a workout and like my, my, I think my variability index was like 1.01, which is not very good for the race because you should be surging and then sitting in the pack. But I just kind of held uh, the same power the whole time. But uh, for people that are like Aaron that were in the race, you know, there's surges. And actually, in this race last night, had some sprint segments in it, so the pack was blasting at times. And then you know you have to be able to, if you want to call it recover, you know you got to be able to maintain that power as you're you're hurting like crazy. And you know there's just tremendous value, and it's literally comes down sometimes. Like I missed the group, like I, I didn't anticipate a sprint very well, and that's really what caused me to get dropped. I probably wouldn't have lasted that much longer, to be perfectly honest, but you know, if you, if you don't anticipate things and all of a sudden you get dropped, there's, there's no coming back. It's like, you're done. You know, you gotta basically try and jump in with a pack behind you because there's no catching them. So you have to really anticipate and you gotta be ready to surge. And it just translates to really, really strong workouts. So, um, I don't know, any other, you want to expand on that at all? Yeah, I, I would say if you've ever looked at that training peaks graph of time and zones, and a lot of times I'll see all five, or depending on who, who's ever, whomever's model you're using, I see all of them populated high. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. I would never fill this graph in such a way. Um, I love it. I would say that for, you know, for me, it, I really started to race a lot more with, with COVID because I, I love to race. I've run, I don't know how many running races, um, probably a hundred um, by now, at least uh, through, throughout a long period of time. But I, I love, I love the race environment. We've got a great team environment going on. I race with a couple different teams and then you know where the big guys and gals will show up on the Zwift circuit. And I love to race against the best. I'm in awe of what they can do. Um, and you know, it's also great when you can start closing, closing the gap, um, on them. But honestly, I got tired of, I did a lot of sweet spot work and a lot of times sweet spot work will work for certain people. Um, for me, I was doing a lot of sweet spot work in erg mode and I wasn't, I was basically seeing very little gain, maybe in everything's individualized, right. And in, in your, your mileage may vary kind of thing. But I got tired of, of work. I got tired of being in erg mode. I'm like, man, do I really want to start another workout in X program in erg? And at that point, I said, hey, let me race. Um, let me start to race. And I, I, and I think everybody goes through phases when you race. Um, you know, after a couple of weeks of racing, depending on the frequency, you may, and depending on your results, right? Your results can motivate or demotivate you. If you just take it with a grain of salt, which is easier said than done, right? You can continue to show up. But I went through a couple lows. I'm like, man, am I tired, fatigued? I had to quit a race. And everybody that's listening to this probably has quit a Zwift race um, in the past. When a when breaks happen, you're like, oh, I think I'm done. I don't, I'm just going to, you know, quit, quit event shows up. You just click it. Um, but it? the more that I've done it, I've gone through you know, and I've raced, I think maybe a hundred races or so. Um, and people have raced a lot more than that, but what I found now 
after I've accumulated these, this year, essentially, of races under my belt, I can race literally four times a week, um, and, and plus that 100-mile group ride. Um, now, now I'm racing maybe two, maybe three, and then I'll just do some easier days in between. But as my body's gotten accustomed to it and I can, can compete, and certainly I need to find the, that next level, right, uh, of improvement. And work in areas of weakness right now, which is, you know, very anti-triathlete because my area of weakness right now is getting dropped in that final sprint. But before I couldn't hold on to that lead pack. And now I'm with them for the most part, um, unless there's a huge snappy climb at the beginning and you're racing against like the guys from next or something like that, if you know the e-cycling world. So I love it. That's, that's my thought, Colin. No, totally. No, it's, it's well said. And I mean, yeah, I agree. You know, and that's, that's kind of what my, I, I, I'd have to check. I, I think I've only got like a dozen races under my belt or whatnot and um, may jump on and be the low end man on the totem pole for a little bit here on these Tuesday nights here. I think I can make it work with the wife and the family here. So we'll see. But uh, you know, even if we're just getting to the end there and, you know, having that motivation to pick up that top end and really, you know, the more we can pick up that top end, it does translate to bringing up our low end as well. And, um, I think if you're able to do that, you're going to see continued improvement across the board from that. Um, but you know, just the, the way to find another gear and to push and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a sick kind of fun, which I think most of us are into, um, you know, if we are triathletes and, uh, I just, uh, encourage people really to, to check it out and, uh, at least give it a shot. And, uh, you know, I think at the, a, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, it's, it's a relatively clean race, but, uh, you know, there isn't too much, uh, cheating going on, but, uh, the, you know, the, the indoor world is definitely not without its, uh, it's people doing some certain things and stuff, whether it's, you know, altering their weight or, you know, doing anything they can to get an advantage, but, even to me, if, you know, like I said, like I ended up 65th, I think, or 66th last night, like I still got a killer workout and, you know, I really could give two shits if somebody beats me in a, in a virtual race, but right. that's going to help me get stronger and be ready for my races, you know, that count, uh, you know, I really think it's a win. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, a lot of people can really take advantage of, of trying some of these things out here. So totally agree. Uh, very cool. All right. Um, let's see here. Where else do I want to go? So that's right. So, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, so you've been racing, you've been home, you know, since COVID, but normally you have to travel a lot for work, right? Yeah, normally I do. And so, um, so that's another, you know, that's why I mentioned the YOLO with Maryland. Um, that's kind of how I, how I, how I try to, to live. Um, it, you know, I, I do travel, I think at one point, 2019, I was on the road for 26 straight weeks. Now it may only be two or three uh, nights out a week, but still on a plane, I think for at one point in time, 26 straight weeks. And that wreaks havoc on, um, on every, on your fitness and everything else. Um, so, you know, at that point I was taking a step forward and two or three steps back. And that's, I've been traveling for, for a long time, um, in sales, in that type of environment. So that was the other thing that I think in addition to Zwift racing and everything else that we're talking about, starting to focus on weight training and stuff like that. Uh, that's another reason why I think that I've been able to break through some 
plateaus in cycling and and, and to be be able to put together a couple strong running performances um, as well is that I was not on a plane um, every week and, you know, not getting enough recovery, not getting enough sleep. And, um, and so I think that, you know, certainly it's not ideal circumstances with COVID, but, but the, the side effect of it, I wouldn't say benefit because everybody's going through a terrible time. Uh, the side effect of it is that my fitness improved and I was able to get a lot more consistent and I was able to build block after block after block um, without having these massive setbacks with traveling and, and stuff like that, which just crushes me. And it crushed me when I was trying to run competitively. Um, and now for the most part, you know, it, it definitely hurts cycling because it's fairly difficult to, to, you know, I'm not going to travel around with the bike and, 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 or, you know, and, and things of that uh, nature. And I normally just try to jump in and get some swim workouts in when I'm on the road. So um, I found that the air travel um, would be detrimental to my running as I'm getting older. It's just more difficult. Uh, for me to squeeze in a run and jump on a plane and sit down for four hours and just do that week after week after week. So for the most part, I've tried to swim, but yeah, that's been a side effect of COVID is that I've been able to um, be more consistent and get on the bike, you know, six days a week, seven days a week in, in certain cases. Um, so that's been a, a little bit of a, of a, of a benefit um, due to the, over the last year. Now things will change. Like I mentioned with YOLO and you only live once and, um, you know, I think that my company is, is, will lift travel restrictions in July. At least that's the current um, state of affairs, July, August, I'll start traveling again. So we'll see what happens, but, but yeah. So did you race at all in 2020, Aaron? I raced maybe three or four different running races in the January, February timeframe. Uh, but no, yeah, outside, outside of that. Yeah, no. Yep. Same here. So your last triathlon race was Hawaii 2019. Kona. Yeah, same here. Yeah. <laughs> Colin's the only Not, lucky one well, out of all of us. <laughs> all right. And, yeah, and then he is, you know, has legendary status as a result of that. So. <laughs> uh, you had some credibility till you said that, Aaron. But. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very cool. So, um, are you going to try and, and race, uh, prior to, um, to Trimblant? I am, um, the kinetic multi-sports is a, a really good, um, fairly local race organization, race outfit that puts on some good races. Um, I am going to race a couple of their, their races, including a, a 70.3, um, in another three or four weeks. I am honestly on the fence about racing this weekend. Uh, we'll see what happens, but, um, you know, I've, I've got to get over my inability to race well in cold and wet conditions. And the low is supposed to be 37 yeah. and rainy. And that's a, you know, hypothermia kind of situation. It's only Olympic distance. So I'm kind of still thinking, Hey, what's the worst that can happen, but yeah, I will definitely hit, uh, four or five races prior to Tremblant. And then depending on what happens there, I'll add more of those races to, to my calendar between, you know, the Tremblant, really August. I, I'm racing early August and then wanted to kind of shut it down for two to three weeks to get ready for Tremblant. But I'll end up, depending on what happens in Canada, um, try to be a little fluid with my race plans there. 
Yeah, very cool. Nice. Um, good deal. All right. Well, I uh, on the race run here, I did want to uh, update everybody at the point of our recording here. Elliot, where are you at? St. George, Utah. Yeah, so we're a little less or what, a week and a half out from the race, but Elliot's uh, living pro style here and already in, uh, in St. George. Huh? <laughs> but I had to bring all my work stuff, so I'm just sitting at the desk with a bunch of papers in front of me and yeah, got to get back to <laughs> but work after COVID this. times, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know one hopeful thing is like we so we just went we went to the gym right before this podcast and i don't know in washington the whole mask thing is just crazy still and i mean it's mandatory everywhere but the lady at the front desk i walked in with the mask and she's like you know you don't really have to wear that anymore here <laughs> <laughs> wow like wow people would never say that in the state of washington wow uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Actually, in New Hampshire here, the mask mandate has been lifted. And uh, I don't think it's really changed much. Almost everybody's still got a mask on, you know. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely interesting times. But uh, nice. So what's the tech? We're going to the gym. What's that? We're going to the gym and not going to the gym and not having to wear it. That That is awesome. Yeah. And yeah, I think that everybody, I, I have a sense of optimism for racing springtime always brings that out of us right <laughs> um maybe the end end is near um or at least a little bit of normal's coming sometime soon so that's awesome yeah what are, what are your thoughts on kona itself do you feel like that's got a good chance of going oh, man i because i put that one in a bit, I, bit of a different bucket because of just how international it is and so um, oh yeah you know um i i i do too um yeah, I, I'm not sure what that, I mean, that's to think about how many different countries are represented um, and how many people come into Kona for those couple of weeks. And frankly, I mean, the months leading up to the race, I mean, year round, right? That's going to be a challenge. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. So we'll have to see there. But uh, I digress on that one. So Ellie, what's the temperature there? How are you feeling? What's going on? How are you feeling? It's 70 degrees, but it feels really warm. I'm yeah. used to the, <laughs> the Pacific Northwest weather. <laughs> A little bit more like your Arizona days. Huh? Yeah. So it's pretty dry and it's been windy. So typical St. George weather. <laughs> nice. So you'll be able to get some good training. That water temperature, what is that going to be? 660, 64? Hopefully that warm. So last time I raced this, I just remember the water being freezing. <laughs> but maybe it's because I lived in Arizona and just used to the hundred degree temperature. So that could be it. That's yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, um, yeah. I mean, racing's in in full force here. Uh, shout out to one of the peak clients, uh, Norman Kim, took second in the sixty to sixty four age group uh, at at Florida seventy point three this past weekend, and uh, um, Texas seventy point three went off. And uh, there's definitely some some optimism and feeling pretty good about uh, a lot of races moving forward here, which is is definitely cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, to that point, uh, also uh, with with the racing, I mean, uh, it's been interesting watching the pro field, but. Uh, in Norman's age group, the guy he lost to, so again, 60 to 64 age group, the guy bite, don't quote me exactly was, but about 217 uh, was his bite. <laughs> and uh, I still can't get over that. 
that's uh, I did I did that race a few years ago, and I believe that's about what my bike split was. And uh, to be doing that and and at that age is uh, pretty remarkable. Um, so. And and I know we were all, you know, just talking about Zwift racing yesterday, Colin. But you know that guy, fifty-two uh, year old that races Premier League, went off the front uh, during the Premier League ride uh, race yesterday. It is incredible how and, and and very very encouraging in my opinion right, to right. see these guys and girls racing so well and so hard yeah. and age age not really you know being a factor. So right. so we can all do it, everybody. Let's stick with it and uh, keep getting stronger, no matter how old we are. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. Very cool. Uh, Elliot, you got anything else to add here? No, I'm just really excited to race again against some real life people. <laughs> Foreign concept, I know, right? But, yeah, uh, I kind of forget what it yeah, even well, feels we'll like. Uh, be rooting you on and uh, hoping you're having a great time there and uh, leading up to the race. And um, we'll definitely be recapping it soon here. Yeah, racing in a new age group too. The old That's man right. age group. <laughs> what is that, Elliot? <laughs> 3539. Oh, golly. <laughs> yeah. Now he's just getting in with the big boys. Right yeah. There. Racing against all the dads. Now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, man, it's going to be interesting. I'll be on the lookout. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, Aaron. Well, thanks so much for being on here. I hope you enjoyed it. We definitely like listening to you. And um, yeah, guys, we'll definitely uh, have to do it again soon here. But uh, thanks again, and everybody, uh, keep doing your thing. Maybe give uh, Zwift Racing a try. Um, but uh, keep training. Hopefully, getting outdoors as the weather's warming up here and uh, having fun with it. So, all right, everybody, take care. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. See you.